0: previously on Life Before Birth. My name's Rian, and this is my pregnancy journey. But in many ways, it's everyone's. You're going to a baby? Yeah. You're going to have a baby? Yeah. Is it going to be a girl or a boy? I don't know. I figure it's going to be a twins. Life Before Birth has been made possible thanks to Tommy Tippy. Tommy Tippy is offering listeners of Life Before Birth a discount on its range of innovative products. Whether you need efficient breast pumps, baby bottles, snuggly sleepwear or clever monitors, Tommy Tippy has you covered. Meaning you have the tools to parent in a way that works best for you. Sign up to Tommy Tippy via their website TommyTippy.com for 15% off your first order and access to an exclusive welcome pack. Happy shopping. Do you think I should look at seeing a physio? Yeah. I think you're probably not far off that. Yeah, I think maybe there's just gotta be some preventive measure that I can take because I am in a bit of pain.
1: Oh no, you're complaining about your hips again. Yeah.
0: And my pelvis as well. And I'm only coming up through the halfway point, so there's still quite a long way to go. I'm just a bit concerned that the pain could get worse as the baby grows. This pain in your hips can be quite alarming, and I had it in my first pregnancy with Matilda six years ago, and I really didn't know what it was or if it was normal. It is common. It's called pelvic pain, and it used to be known as symphysis pubis dysfunction, SPD. But the health professionals now call it PGP, pelvic girdle pain. It's now called PGP because it affects all the joints on the pelvis, not just the symphysis pubis, which is the joint that is located between the left and right pubic bones, above the genitalia and in front of the bladder. Online, Tommy gives you the symptoms of PGP. It says, pain deep in the pubic area and groin, between the vagina and anus. The pain can be manageable or severe. It can be brought on by some types of activity, such as walking, climbing stairs, and turning over in bed. You may also have pain across your lower back, You might have a grinding or clicking sensation in your pubic area. The pain can be made worse by parting your legs or by leaning on one leg. Okay, so right now pretty much all of that is true for me, but I'd say the pain is manageable and I've only had paracetamol a few times. So I'm gonna go and do some swimming, not breaststroke though, as that can make the pain worse, and I'll see how I get on. Support for this episode comes from Joy Baby, Joy make parent-favourite, worry-free baby gear designed to make family life easier and stand the test of time. Joy knows your number one priority is keeping your little ones safe. And so is theirs. From the smartest manufacturing, to the highest quality materials, to the toughest testing around, Joy checks all the boxes to keep your kiddos snug and safe, whether on the go or cozied up at home. Check out Joy's award-winning pushchairs, car seats, high chairs, and so much more at joybaby.com. When you're about to become a mum, it can be overwhelming to decide what products are best for you. Everything at Mum & You is made by mums, for mums. Because they've been through it, they understand what will make your life easier. Swollen, puffy, tired legs are a common but very annoying pregnancy niggle. Mum & You's can-can retention milk will instantly cool and soothe your legs and make you say, Ah. And the green coffee extract will help reduce the swelling so you can carry on dancing around the kitchen again. From their super soft eco-nappies to biodegradable wipes, the Mum & You range is both eco-conscious to protect your baby's planet and lovingly made by mums to make your life easier. Which is why other parents rate Mum & You as excellent on Trustpilot. For 20% off across their site, visit mummynew.com and use promo code TRY20 at checkout. I'm nearly 20 weeks pregnant. I can't believe I'm already halfway through my pregnancy journey. I wanted to see what our baby is up to this week, and Antonio Sierra, the consultant midwife, pointed out that Tommy's is a great resource to do this. It's a midwife-led charity and provides pregnancy health information to parents. So I thought it was the best place to start. On the 20 weeks pregnant, all you need to know page, it states the baby is now around 26 centimetres tall, which is the same as an A4 piece of paper. That's crazy. I've only been growing this baby for 20 weeks. Okay, so what else? What does my baby look like in week 20? Your baby's skin is now coated in a white, creamy substance called Vernix. This is thought to protect their skin while they're in the womb. When you see your baby at the anomaly scan, you might see them sucking their thumb. They're practicing their sucking reflex, which is important when they start to nurse. It's time to start thinking about the twenty week anomaly scan. We don't wanna find we don't want to find out.
1: Oh, I wanna find no,
0: out. No but I don't want to find out. Yeah, Let's not find out. It's nice to have the surprise. I wanna be able to the girls have got their head around that as well, that we have to wait until the baby comes to know what we're having. Right, but well, they don't
1: know that there's an option <laughs> of finding out now, do they? <laughs> no. If I if I have a chat with them about that, I <laughs> think <laughs> I would have had two people on my side.
0: Yes, probably, but I don't want to know. It's nice to not know. Come on, we didn't find out before. Today, John and I are going to the hospital for our 20-week anomaly scan. I'm 20 plus three days pregnant now. The 20-week anomaly scan is one of the most significant moments of any pregnancy. Reaching 20 weeks is a real milestone. The halfway point of pregnancy. 20 weeks gone and 20 to go your baby can be seen in so much more detail than at the 12-week scan. This scan is such a huge part of the journey. It can be a chance to see them wriggling around or sucking their thumb, and if you want to find out the sex of your baby, you usually can during this ultrasound scan. In the majority of cases, when the baby is healthy, it's the last time you'll see your baby on the screen before you get to meet them in around 20 weeks' time. But the 20-week scan is so much more than a gender reveal. This is such a huge part of the journey. So earlier this week I went to visit Miss Coker again to find out more about the ultrasound scan.
1: The 20-week scan is a medical investigation where we look at abnormalities, a screen for abnormalities in babies, I'm looking for anything that is on toward. And at the same time, it's a pleasurable time for the parents when they discover the gender of their children. But the main essence of the 20-week scan is to go through the brain, the different organs, the heart, the stomach, the limbs, the bone structures, and to pick up anything that may affect the baby's
0: quality of life. Anything that may affect the baby's quality of life. This hasn't stopped playing around in my mind. And it's what I'm thinking about today. Many of us do worry about the scan. We're informed beforehand by the midwife what the sonographers are looking for. And for many pregnant women and for couples, this scan is a hold your breath appointment. If anything is wrong in this pregnancy, it's likely this scan is going to expose it. It's really scary because I've now felt baby move, I've been feeling flutters regularly, and I'm already imagining what the baby is like. I've been thinking about names. I'm imagining life with three children. And so while I'm looking forward to seeing our baby on the screen again, a part of me is really nervous. Because it's not just a chance for us to look at our baby. It's a total full-body examination of our little baby. Basically a baby MOT. At 12 weeks, the baby is fully
1: formed. However, the entire length of the baby is around about 6 centimetres, which means that the organs are rather miniature. So the structural, although you can pick up chromosomal, suggestions of chromosomal abnormalities at 12 weeks, which could be through the nuchal, the thickness of the nuchal folds, which is the skin behind the neck. However, at 20 weeks, you have the opportunity of investigating the individual organs in more detail. Hence, the ability to pick up cardiac defects, brain defects, and renal defects. So that is the difference. It's the sheer size of the organs and um, um, lend themselves to being uh, scrutinized a bit deeper.
0: Well, that's nice and warm. lots of room.
1: There we go. So, baby's bums at the bottom. Um, <laughs> Beating there. Oh. Did you see that? Yeah. Just there right. yeah. So There's the head. So look at the head first. That's the uh, top of the head. Looking from the top
0: down. It's so much easier to spot now, all of it.
1: <laughs> so that's the ventricle at the back that stores the spinal fluid.
0: Bellum. Is there a bellum? Which uh, is like a control centre for the balance of the baby. Miss Coker explained what's happening in more detail.
1: With the baby, we go through the brain to rule out um, an encephaly, to make sure that the baby has a skull, which when it's missing, it's called anencephaly. We go through the brain tissue, make sure there are no... The ventricles are not dilated, which is called ventriculomegaly or holoprosencephaly when the brain tissue is completely missing. Uh, We then move down to the face and lips trying to detect cleft palate or uh, cleft lip most importantly because that's the surface and if there is a small jaw called micrognathia,
0: After looking at our baby's brain, the sonographer tried to look at their heart in more detail. But our little bundle was curled up tightly and the sonographer couldn't get the measurements she needed. So she said we'd come back to that.
1: Then we moved down to the heart and lungs, looking out for the brightness of the lungs, which could be microcytic lungs. With the heart, we look for defects of the valves of the muscle that divide the ventricles, that's a ventricular septal defect or the atrium, atrial septal defect. You also look at the orientation of the heart and the size of the heart which might indicate a potential problem in the connections of the heart. Uh, You then go further down, checking the diaphragm and the stomach, ensuring that there is a stomach bubble present When absent, this is uh, a possible sign of esophageal atresia, where there is a blockage between the gullet and the stomach, which then means that the stomach remains empty during the time that the baby is in the womb. And the potential of when the baby is born, that the food fed to the baby could end up in the lungs, as there will be a connection between the gullet and the lungs. So it is critical to identify the stomach bubble. The location of the stomach bubble also is important. It has to be below the diaphragm in the abdominal cavity. When it's located within the chest wall, this is diagnosed as a diaphragmatic hernia. And it has the potential of affecting the development of the lungs And there are therapies to correct this whilst the baby is in utero.
0: It's important to understand here that the risk of having a baby with birth defects is low. If we hone in on some defects, such as problems with the development of the baby's brain and spine, these are really uncommon. According to the Royal College of Obstetricians and Gynaecologists, overall around one in a thousand babies are born with neural tube defects in the UK, while heart problems are slightly more common affecting approximately five to ten in a thousand babies. I asked Ms. Coker, what are the chances that the scan will pick up a condition during the anomaly scan?
1: One of the easiest ones to spot is actually the spina bifida because the spine, as a, as a bony structure, lends itself to easy detection. Makes it bounces of sound and makes it easy to see, whereas the cardiac anomaly is a bit more difficult to pick up. Sixty, only sixty percent will be picked up antenatally. There's the forty percent, actually forty to sixty percent will be picked up antenatally, depending on the skill of the individual. And um, there are the softer abnormalities that don't get picked up until baby is born. Hence the routine. Examination of the baby's heart at birth. The 40 to 60 percent picked up also vary in severity. The more severe, the easier it is to pick them up. So the incidence of cardiac anomaly would be about two to four percent, and about 700 babies a year would be diagnosed with spina bifida during the 20 week scan.
0: So is it all the main organs as well that are being Yes, all the, um, um, so the stomach, bladder and kidneys we definitely
1: look at. Moving further down, you look at the kidneys, the uh, size of what we call the renal pelvis, and this is one of the commonest abnormalities detected at the 20-week scan. There is also the possibility of uh, multicystic kidneys, which um, can be picked up. During the 20 week scan and managed accordingly, depending on what type it is. There are also defects of the ureter in its implantation into the bladder that can be picked up. There are bladder defects that also would be picked up during the 20 week scan. And genitalia, um, when there is ambiguous genitalia, especially in male infants and you check the long bones, the limbs for to make sure that you have the correct number of limbs and uh, the orientation of the feet on the long bones of the lower limb is correct at right angle. When it's at an awkward angle, this is called talapis and talapis could be transient positional due to the baby's position in the womb, or it could be more severe due to genetic abnormalities or chromosomal abnormalities. The anterior wall of the abdomen is also checked to ensure that the umbilical cord is, inserts at the right place and that the gut is not lying in a sac outside the body which is called
0: exomphalos or gastroschisis. You hope everything is going to be fine, and it's likely it will be. But Miss Coker explains that there are more options available to the pregnant woman, to the couple, should they get the news during the 20-week ultrasound scan that the baby has a problem, as opposed to the 12-week scan when the baby is only the size of a lime and weighs 14 grams.
1: In the fortunate situation when a mother has to be given the news that all is not well with their baby, depending on the organ involved, in most district hospitals, uh, a second opinion is always sought from a tertiary centre in a teaching hospital where they look further and confirm the abnormality. And in the teaching hospitals there, Are clinicians and specialists that specialised in specific organs. They look further into this and give the parents information around the possible outcome if the pregnancy went on, the prognosis, if the prognosis around the severity of the disease, and offer options, options of doing nothing and carrying on with the pregnancy. There's also the option of interrupting the pregnancy. And thirdly, there's the option of having the amniocentesis or an in utero intervention such as fetal therapy, for instance, with spina bifida. There's research out there where there's in utero fetal surgery where the spinal bifida is being corrected whilst the baby is inside. Another condition that there is fetal therapy for is diaphragmatic hernia where a balloon is inserted into the baby to ensure that the the stomach is pushed down and the lung develops. This interventions have actually improved outcome for babies, which previously would not have stood a chance. The the interventions offered also could be a termination of pregnancy and the parents are fully supported, haven't been given information enough to make an informed choice. And some parents will take that route and some parents will choose to continue their pregnancy and wait for nature to take
0: its course. And there is support available out there if you've received bad news.
1: In the rare occasion when a woman has to be informed of the abnormality in her baby, the midwives will usually counsel the woman and refer on to the antenatal result and choice charity, which is called ARCS and uh, they're usually very supportive. they are also charities that are centered around individual diagnoses like the spina bifida charity, the down syndrome charity where mothers form support groups for each other. And um usually you can find one locally or on the social media. I think these days they're more across the world. Mothers are easy, uh, find it easier to plug into the support group on the social media
0: so arc stands for antenatal results and choices and they're a uk-based charity they say they are helping parents and healthcare professionals through antenatal screening and its consequences for parents that are told there is something wrong with their baby they can get in touch with arc for non-directive support they say they can provide a safe confidential and independent space for you to discuss your feelings or just to offload my sonographer finishes the rest of the checks and goes back to the heart. But our baby is still curled up and she can't get the measurements she needs.
1: Okay, so we need to check the lips and the heart now. However, the baby isn't in the best position for that. <laughs> so, what I would suggest, you are going to go out for a little wonder. Okay. Uh, maybe a 10 minute walk around, skip, yeah. jump, cartwheel, whatever. <laughs> Let it come back, <laughs> okay? <laughs> Can we just
0: give you a knock on your back? OK. The rest looks fine when I can... OK. I went for a walk. I had a cold, fizzy drink. I skipped down the hospital hallways. John actually made me lie down the hospital corridor and shook my belly trying to get the baby to move. Nobody was in the corridor at the time. We went back, but the baby was still curled up in a little ball. So now I've got to go back for another scan in two weeks' time. So the heart comprises four chambers, the right and left atrium and the right and left ventricle. A network of arteries and veins carry blood throughout the body, to the lungs and even to the placenta. The sonographer reassured me again that it all looks fine. And she said it is hardest to see all four chambers. And that's why I have to come back, so they can see this more clearly. Froogie Bloom is a new range of ethical maternity wear made from 100% GOTS certified organic cotton. For those who want to be mindful of the environmental impact of their clothes, Frugie Bloom's super soft contemporary styles are made with clever design details that adjust to your changing shape. This allows you to wear your favourite maternity styles during pregnancy, breastfeeding and beyond. Frugie is loved not only for playful, bright colours for babies and children, but also because they are taking active steps to help our planet, using organic and innovative recycled material in each collection. On a mission to help raise the next generation of eco-warriors, Froogie invites new mums to feel fabulous with an exclusive 10% off Froogie Bloom using code LIFEBEFOREBIRTH10 at WeLoveFroogie.com. TNCs apply. Tommy Tippy understands expectant mums are often in the dark about feeding. That's why they've launched a new campaign called The Boob Life. The Boob Life strives to tackle the impact of breastfeeding on mums' sense of self, their confidence and their body image, to promote freedom of choice and to empower mums to feel great about their breasts. Feeding isn't a one size fits all. Every experience is personal and unique. That's why Tommy Tippy's Made For Me range was made for you. Head to tommytippy.com forward slash en GB forward slash the boob life to watch the campaign video featuring real mums and discover their made-for-me products, which are loved by babies and recommended by generations of parents. John was busy with work today, so I went back to the hospital for my second anomaly scan. This one is just looking at the heart. I went with my mother-in-law and Matilda and Martha. I checked with the hospital first whether the girls could come. As the 20-week anomaly scan can be quite emotional and you might not get the news you were hoping for, they don't usually allow children to come with you. But as this was a case of just getting one more measurement, they didn't have a problem with my girls coming. Matilda and Martha were really excited to meet their baby sister or brother. So unlike last time, the baby was super active. The baby had their legs over their head, was turning to face us, and was yawning and trying to put their fist in their mouth. It was absolutely incredible to see this very active baby fidgeting and moving around, showing off. Matilda and Martha didn't really know what to make of it. They were quite quiet throughout the whole thing. So Matilda, did you enjoy seeing the baby on the screen today? Yeah, it was so exciting. (laughs) And do you remember what what the lady said about the baby's hair? Um, that it has really long hair. And what do you think that means? That it might be a girl. Seeing our little healthy baby on the screen and knowing that they're developing as expected has really given me some confidence that we're going to be okay. Just a relief. It has put me in a positive mental place to cope with the upcoming months. I feel mentally quite strong and I have a feeling I'm going to need a positive attitude. Because, while I feel like I've battled through a lot already in this journey to have a baby, I know I've got some large obstacles ahead. I know physically the next 20 weeks can be quite challenging. I've already had some pelvic pain, and now I've been referred to a physiotherapist for that. And I've also got a glucose tolerance test, or GTT, which is a blood test coming up in a couple of weeks. This is used to diagnose gestational diabetes. So, I'm tightening my seatbelt. It could be a rough ride. Life Before Birth is a production of Rebe Media, written and produced by me, Rian Owen. Sound editing and production assistance by Ross McPherson. Original music for the series is composed by Nick Atkins. Series supervision by John Young. Our executive producer is Rory Harris. Thanks to Tommy Tippy, Marcelina Coker, Kate Ewer at West Hearts Hospital NHS Trust and all of the medical and support staff at West Hertfordshire Hospital NHS Trust that have helped us in the making of this series. And a special thanks to my children, Matilda and Martha. You can find us on all podcast apps and on our website at life.reby.media. Please do leave us a review. It really does help others hear this story. Thank you for listening.